Yes, and welcome to Pig and Pod, WFUV Sports. Sports is that that proper English? It's been a long day, but this is our weekly NBA podcast. I am your host for this week, Reed Horner. Dominic Capone is to my slight left, our Nets reporter, and Peter Hudek, our uh, NBA resident NBA fan, to my right. Uh, guys, we, not much to talk about, although I did just see the news that, I mean, I guess you guys listen to the podcast, you already know this, but Kyrie did just get fined $25,000 for that little outburst he had. So we're going to get into that and in, in discussion about what is running up the score and what is just being a bad mm-hmm. sport. We got to obviously get into the Knicks, Nets, um, the obvious rookie of the year, Lonzo Trier. Stop it. Uh, goes off in, uh, what was an epic loss for the Knicks. Uh, the Nets he was are five of fifteen from the field. <laughs> you don't see Luka Doncic doing that. Yeah, uh, right. you know I don't yeah, know who that is. That's a weird way to pronounce Alonzo Trier. Uh, the Nets are still like you know, in the NBA, so that's good. They're better than the Knicks. Well, and that is, the, and this this is the question I have. It's what yeah. we're gonna start off with. Okay. Is have we gotten a big enough sample size? Because you guys are over here talking about what seed they are. No, I'll tell you. And that. I they've had like as many less games in the NBA NFL season has all year. Like this is. I'm not a big – I'll just give away my lead. It is not a big sample size. No, not at all. I mean, the Nets are 4-6 and six right now. I picked them to win around 37 games. Billy, uh, in the first week, Billy Reinhart, the other Nets beat reporter, said he could see them getting the eighth seed maybe. I just don't see them getting the eighth seed. I think Detroit's better than them, and they're the ones at the eighth seed right now. Um, but for the Nets, you have to look. Karis LeVert has been going off. He's only had, like, one bad game, and that was against the Knicks. Okay, like okay but points. what's going off, guys? Because we know NBA basketball, and there's always, no matter how bad your team is, there's always guys going to get 20 because someone has to get that 20. It's how he's getting those points. Karis LeVert has taken that next step into what everyone expected him to be. Because all Nets fans have been talking about a 20-point-per-game scorer. But the Nets aren't good. No, I understand that. I completely understand that. I don't know how much. To uh, see Karis LeVert take that next step, unlike what they're seeing from D'Angelo Russell, who literally, I, I wrote him down. You wrote the name down. D'Angelo Russell, I wrote He's the name serious, down. He's serious, Peter. No, no, no. He wrote it down. Transcribed it, the kids that, say. Is that in Microsoft Word or Google Doc? <laughs> Google Doc. <laughs> it saves automatically. It's easier for me. I don't like taking that time. I'm lazy. But All anyway, right. 2016-17. No, not his name. 15.6 points per game, about five rebounds per game, three and a half rebounds. 2017-18, 15 and a half points per game, five assists, about four rebounds. And then this year, I know it's only 10 games, 15 and a half, five, and three and a half. They're the same exact stats year in and year out. He's not taking that step that I thought he was definitely going to take. When he was on the Lakers, I thought he was going to be a 20 point per game scorer, but he has not taken that step. That's all I'm saying about Karis LeVert. He has taken that next step in what Nets fans are hoping for. I'm on. Dom side here with D'Angelo Russell. It really feels like he's plateaued. I mean, he's only 22, so he still has time. Yeah, this yeah, is his again, fourth we, season. Okay, and also, okay, but still, we, we forget how young these guys are. That 15 points per game, it's like this inconsistent. Uh, like I think in games this year, the past five games, it's like mm-hmm. 12 points, 21 points, 13 points, 25. You want to see him... Either, you know, if he's hitting 15, hit 15 a game, you know, get some get your assists up, get the offense flowing. It just feels like there's been no upside with D'Angelo Russell. It's been a lot of disappointment. And I was a big D'Angelo Russell guy when he came out, and I think he's a lot better than what his stats say now, but I think don't think his stats right now say who he is, and I'll, I'll pose this to you. I'm not defending him. I'm not saying he should be getting 25 a game. Mm-hmm. But he's on the nets now. And if you haven't already heard by my tone, they're, they're, a, they're a bad team. 
they're, New York has two bad NBA teams, right? And he's looked at as the franchise guy, the face or the star, at least for now until they find a guy that's, that's better suited, right? So you're going in, uh, up against the Nets, and you're game planning for this guy solely almost, or at least he's the focus of your game plan. When you have the ball, you have the weight of expectation now on your soldiers, shoulders, which he didn't have in L.A., so I could pose that his stats are the exact same with that added pressure is a step forward. And even then, we talk about how young he is. He's 22 years old. You don't hit your prime in the NBA until well, you're what, 28. Well, what pressure are you talking about, though? Because this team wasn't expected to go anywhere. The pressure you're talking about, the idea and that he's not scoring 22 a game and having a 7 or 8 assists. Every good player gets game planned against. I mean, at a certain point, teams knew Donovan Mitchell was probably going to drop around 20. And yet he still kept dropping around 20 towards the end of the season, even when games teams start game But why him. don't we allow progression? Like Victor Oladipo is a great example recently of someone who went to two different teams mm-hmm. and then finally once he hit that age. Like 28, we get so caught up in the Instagram era of watching highlights and stuff, but people forget 28 is really when you hit a prime in the NBA. Look at, look at Steph Curry. Even when he came into the league. He wasn't 28 when he – I know it's his prime. He was, he was about 28, 27, 26. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's not exact science, but it's the idea that you need to give these guys time to, to grow and develop. They come in athletes, but they're not necessarily Reed, coming in skilled enough to no, be NBA Reed, I players. See, I see where you're coming from. You have to give them time. But this is D'Angelo Russell's fourth year, third season in a row, in a row where he's had the same sets. What makes me believe that he's going to take that step – next year or the year after that. I know he might get better, but he hasn't done okay, that. Okay, let, let, let me pose this to years. you guys, right? How many – How many? answer a few questions for me. How many <laughs> games are in an NBA season? 82. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. How, we, we roughly, oh, what, I, I can throw they? that back what on you. Well, hey, hey, well, you can't throw it back on me because I'm not done making By my way, point, buddy. Look at D'Angelo right. Russell's games hey played. Like, first season, 80. I think second season, 63. Season after that, 40. You don't 40, want to yeah. see that for a young player. Yeah, His game's played constantly going I'm, down. I'm going to continue my, uh, my, my, my bit. All right? <laughs> so you said 82 games in the season. That's fact. That's a fact. That's All right. That's, so we all know is the truth. We're about roughly 12 games in. I look at it like this. When you're 12 years old, aren't you a little different when you're 12 years old you're 82? Like, oh, you need to give him time to develop. <laughs> A lot can happen in a year. I'm just saying. Yeah, but show some year? improvement in the three years that he was supposed to be this number one. All right, guy. I'm I'm done talking about D'Angelo Russell. Fine, whatever. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you then. He's plateaued, but I'm just <laughs> saying, right. don't sleep on him. Let's jump to more uh, interesting topics. One might say the, the NBA, the Eastern Conference, actually, I think, is looking weirdly better than the West right now. Besides the Golden State Warriors, and people may not agree with me, but you look at the Raptors, ten and one, obviously improved. I think the Kawhi Leonard trade like Kawhi's definitely I think he's a sleeper pick for the MVP this year mm-hmm. uh Bucks are eight and one Giannis probably going to be the, the MVP for most people Luden and then they're taking that team to the next level yeah that's a great point and now you look at it and this is where we get to talk about the sample size the Pacers are number three do we like are we at a point where we can start definitively saying things about certain teams and not teams like is this actually just going to be a thing with the Pacers being the third seed? I had Pacers at number five um, in my in our first one that we did, our first podcast. I had Celtics, Raptors, or Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, Pacers. Um, the 76ers, by the way, they just got <laughs> trounced the other uh, – yesterday, was it? Yeah. Against the, or No, yeah, it was yesterday, I believe. But anyway um, – the 76ers haven't looked good. They're sitting at 6-5. and five. I am, When I'm looking at this right now, I think the top five teams are there where they're supposed to be, except for the Celtics, not F, number four. The 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth 
is all a toss up and it's funny because the nets are right in there which i wasn't expecting because and i know it's only 10 games into the season we're going to give it time to see what develops but um, I, I do think the Heat are definitely going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I, they're sitting at four or five right now. But I can't see. Like, I'm just looking at these bottom teams, like the Cavaliers, the Wizards, Knicks, and Bulls. They're not doing anything. And then you got the Magic and Hawks. I also don't see them doing anything. So Have you given up on John Wall, then? Or have we officially given up on I John Wall? I haven't given up on John Wall. I've given up Couldn't on no, I'm just saying, I, I, look, I, up. I look at all those teams, and what they're all lacking is a superstar besides, I would say, the Wizards. I have given up on John Wall in Washington. I think a change of scenery. Maybe he can make something. Yeah, happen. I'm giving him up on him as a player. Do we see? Yeah. Do we see him in uh, some some blue and some orange? Is he? Is he gonna Everyone's be, uh, going to the Knicks. That's, is he the, gonna that's be, uh, what you think. I don't think anything. I'm posing a question. Hey, <laughs> okay, pause the, the podcast. Bigger point. If someone asks a question, doesn't mean they think that. It means what are they doing? They're asking a question. I just asked you guys if you guys think he's going to go to the. I Knicks. wouldn't be surprised to see him in some purple and gold. If I'm being honest, if that team's doing yeah. poorly at the trade deadline and LeBron wants another superstar on his team, you think you want a ball dominant superstar though? I mean, I don't know what LeBron wants. Yeah, we don't know, but I can. That's LeBron wants to play with Kyrie, ball. and Kyrie's ball dominant. Yeah, but I don't think LeBron loved playing with him. I mean, obviously, they, they split apart eventually. Yeah, no, but they want to. They want to. They want a final together. In that in that final year, he knew he wanted Kyrie because he first LeBron Kobe and Shaq won a finals <laughs> together. What he said, he said they won a, the finals together. But I also said Kobe and Shaq won the finals together. So yeah, you don't have yeah. to like someone to, to to do well with them. Um, all right. So you don't think he's going. You don't think the Knicks are getting John Wall, but we think that the Wizards are like this is this is who they are, right? I don't. I'm, I I'm going. I'm going through the East. Them. I'm trying to see who are pretenders and who who are I, underachieving. It's not right like now. these problems came out of nowhere. They were a dysfunctional team last year towards the end of the playoffs. It seems like when John Wall got hurt, the Wizards were a really good team, and then when he came back, there was that dysfunction. A lot of the Wizards players don't see John Wall as someone who puts his heart on the line for the team. So it's tough. All right. So yeah. someone who, who who put their heart out in their sleeve at the end of the game was Kyrie Irving. We talked about it in the beginning. Jamal Murray from the mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets. Funny enough, I was actually covered the NBA draft when he got drafted. Did not think he'd be this good. Got to tell you that. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. That's all right. I mean, he's um, no Alonzo Trier, so. <laughs> I don't know how you guys can fire shots at me when me. I was actually, when I'm being proven right no. about my take. I don't no, get no, that me. psychology. No, I me. said he's going to be really good. No. I say one thing because I'm being entertaining me, and me, I say he's going to rookie of the year. Let me just say something. I'm only making fun of you because you said he was going to win Rookie of the Year. I thought I agree with you. I think he's going to be a good player. He's not winning Rookie of the Year. That's that's all I'm saying on that. I'm not making fun of you that Alonzo Trier. Well, I'll be honest with you, Dom. <laughs> Come close to the mic. I really don't think he's going to win it either. Well, you said that the first day. I have dramatic. Uh, the podcast <laughs> put a dramatic effect in the podcast. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Lonzo Trier, uh, right. the future rookie. I think, I'm trying to help the people. Well, out. I mean, Ben Simmons has proven that you can win Rookie of the Year in your second year, so maybe he'll get it next year. You never know. You never know. You I'm never not know. Comment on that. Red I didn't ask you to comment. I asked you to listen to it. So we're gonna talk about that end of the game. Kyrie, but Jamal Murray. For you guys who don't know what happened, he scored 48 career high, uh, and then at the very end of the game, literally the clock's running down. They do that weird thing where they're dribbling. And the Nuggets have the ball, and he goes and shoots a three, presumably so he can get 51, go over the 50-point mark. And I don't know. What do you do when that happens? You get a plaque? Does no, he, he just can say. <laughs> so he, he does that. He, he does that. Kyrie gets mad. Um, throws the ball. Throws like the ball. rows into the seats. Yeah. And that was in the same esteemed category as Corey Brewer and Mo Williams. 
That is true, Peter. That is true. Good job. Yeah, he's good for him. <laughs> Wait, who was it? Was legends. it Tracy McGrady who kicked the ball into the stands? Uh, this was not. We're not going to talk about the historical movement of ball into the stands. I'm talking. I'm talking about the actual situation. When he got mad at the end, he's like basically. I'm. I'm paraphrasing everything, but he's talking about Jamal Murray's good for him. Uh, and then Kyrie Irving said he's a competitor, which I think every athlete thinks absolves them of anything if they just call themselves a competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't I don't get that part. But he's like, I'm a competitor. Whatever. Uh, Basically, he thinks Jamal Murray shouldn't have done that. Do you guys think Jamal Murray's really, really off and Kyrie, Kyrie's a veteran putting him in his place? Or is Kyrie a little bit of a sore loser? The way I look at it, I, I kind of agree with Kyrie, but then, again, he acted like such a sore loser. I mean, So you're hedging. You're hedging. Yeah, you, I, I asked you look, which way. I know. I, I, you, you kind I of agree. agree with him, but he's wrong. Yeah, no, I just don't like hmm. – like, I'm not going to say I, I sit here and I don't like what Jamal Murray did, but... Why don't you like it, then? I, we, we'll get into the psychological aspect. Why don't you like what Jamal Murray did, then? Because he did it to get 50. He didn't do it for any So other. what? I, I, underst- I understand all that, but he's just doing it for himself, which is... I guess you can make a case, which is fine. I'll, I'll focus on Kyrie, because I, that's okay. what I don't like. Kyrie Irving, you looked weak. He, everyone's going to comment on what he talked about post-game he threw the ball into the stands how does that make you look you look like an idiot out there i'm just going to be honest we've talked about all we ever ask of you dom okay (laughs) i hope so but we talk about this all the time with players that complain then play defense everyone was just sitting around walking around he decided to take up a shot i'm not going to agree with him taking the shot but he can still do it the game's still going on if you don't want him shooting that shot guard him with the two seconds left on the clock i don't know what to tell you I mean, the great LeVar Ball once said, play every minute of the game. Just play. And he did say that. I don't know if it was word for word, but the great LeVar Ball did the say goat. that. The GOAT. And I agree with this, him. This man this man goes from Socrates to, an extent. to <laughs> LeVar Ball. I know. I agree. It's just weird because I, I disagree with both of them on this point, but I disagree wholeheartedly with Kyle. All right, I got you. I got you. It's like, it's like, it's like if, you like, if you dislike two flavors of ice cream, but you dislike one more than the other. Exactly. I got you, I got you buddy. We, we connect. I, I uh, no, we don't. But <laughs> Peter, Peter. My opinion is that Jamal Murray was at 48, right? And everyone's walking off the court. Mm-hmm. If yeah. he wanted 50, he could have just dribbled in and gotten the layup. He instead he takes a three. That's ten an interesting feet. point. He takes a three ten feet beyond. It was kind of like you know maybe I'll get fifty, maybe I won't. It's no big deal. No skin off their back. Instead, Kyrie's way more disrespectful. He grabs the ball, oh, throws it into the he audience. Looked so bad yesterday. That's that was insane. So bad. I I can't believe the headline on ESPN was about him being mad at Jamal Murray instead of him throwing the ball into the mm-hmm. into the crowd. That was insane. Yeah. No. I think well, Look, one I, one I can talk about ESPN because everyone. I think it's a big problem in sports journalism. I think all sports journalists nowadays want to be friends with these players instead of they actually reporting on them. And I think that, we talk about the headline reason. I think a lot of guys do that because they don't want Kyrie to get mad at them. By the way, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I will. He could have hurt someone in the stands if they weren't paying. The game was over. Everyone was walking away. He could have hit someone. Oh, my God, yes. You've seen those montages of, like, of baseball home runs and some, someone getting hit. With, like, if no, someone got hurt yesterday because Kyrie did that, it would be – luckily no one did. But a girl at, at a Madison Square Garden the other night got caught dunking a chicken nugget in her oh, soda. And I she was on, on the Jumbotron. Why so you if, she, if you can do that well, – while being on the jumbotron and not notice, I think you can not notice a basketball coming and hitting you. But yeah, I think I think to Peter's point, I think Kyrie looked like a petulant child in that situation. I think he looked unprofessional. I think he looked like a rookie who mm. was frustrated by the outcome of the game. It's not indicative of who he is in total, right? He had a weak moment. I think for some reason Kyrie gets like this. He was like this last year when he told that guy to. I'm not going to say it, but after a LeBron comment, he they won 16 in a row after that. 
maybe deep down he's just trying to fire up the Celtics because I look Denver's a good team, but they should beat Denver. They, they, yeah. Although 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 then it goes to our earlier point, where we're talking about what are these records? Denver's second seed in the West. Denver's mm-hmm. nine and one. Boston six and four. Yeah. I think if you ask Boston's anyone, not played well. I think so if far. you ask anyone before the season, they would probably say that those records would be switched. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's why Kyrie's upset. That, and and that's the point. I mean, I, I kind of want to touch on it a little bit the idea of why is he not allowed to shoot that? Like, what you you guys ever play basketball organizationally or, or yeah, organized kind of ball where it's like you're up by twenty and you, it's five minutes left in the game and they want you to pull back or they don't want you to run the score up and what? And I never got that. Maybe because I'm just a jerk. <laughs> Who's like maybe insecure? I don't know what <laughs> I'm not even psychology. Get it up to no, I I didn't I, n- I never because my idea was what you're gonna play defense on me, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna play offense on you, and if we're not gonna do that 100, percent let's just go go home right now. My mind's blanking on the names, but remember the I believe it was up in Toronto a few years ago when the guy was going to give him um like a dab and he took the ball and scored a layup. Yeah, like I think that's Karan Butler. I I was it. I, I think I think that, that was been. a welcome to the to the league rookie moment. Yeah. I love that. No, but like, I know what you get. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is just like Jamal uh, Jamal Murray. No, Jamal Murray had a lot to say, but they were all buckets. Uh, Jalen Rose from ESPN said the best this way to stuff is gold, and, gold. And, and, and it perfectly encapsulates how I feel about the situation. So I'm going to say it, and then we're going to move on. So you guys ready? Jalen Rose said the best way to stop Jamal Murray from scoring 50 is by not letting him get 48. It's a good point, but then everyone obviously went at him with the eighty-one on uh, in, the, in the comments. Which, as soon as I saw that quote, I knew what I was getting into when I went into the comments, and of course, it was there. Yeah, because you know the most educated and well-worded people end up on social media, right? You know, because because those super successful people that have all the time in no, the world. No, they were making man, jokes you know, like if you don't want Kobe to score eighty-one, don't let him get to like eighty or seventy-eight or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I mean, funny. it's also one of those quotes. I love it, but it's also one of those quotes that means nothing. Like, like yeah. the best way to get no, he was trying eternal to, he was happiness trying to sound smart. Is, to, is to become happy. He's just mean, trying to sound shooting smart. at the end of the game argument happens about three times a season when someone does it, and then we just move on, and nothing ever changes. No, it's going to happen again. People are going to get mad again, but it's the nature of the beast. All right, so Dom said in the beginning of our show playing he didn't want to talk about LeBron James. So, uh, of course, <laughs> we're going to talk about the king of the NBA right now and his team. Uh, Dom has rolled his eyes at me. We may be on radio, but I will call you out, buddy. Four and six. I had the Lakers top five seed. team in this in the West. I still believe that. I had that. him at number three. Yeah, I you had, had him at number three. three. Now we know where the eye roll came from. He broke your heart. <laughs> yeah, LeBron he hurt broke you. my heart. LeBron hurt you. So I'll go over to Peter while you recover. Yeah, Peter, is this who the Lakers are, four and six, or is it just a case of a new team? Uh, I mean, LeBron's had a mileage on his body. Maybe it just always had uh, infamous slow starts. Is that more long? Where are you with this Lakers team? Yeah, definitely new team. I think if you look at each of LeBron's new starts with team, whether it be the Heat or the Cavs the second time, both times they've gotten off to slow starts. And I think that's just typical for an NBA team. When you add a whole new part of your offense that you're going to build around in LeBron James, it's going to be tough to integrate him quickly and get him, especially with young players, like Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, and Ingram. I mean, when that's the team you're building around, they're not like ready to adjust on the fly like that. They've only been in the NBA a year, two years. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I'm with. I'm with. I'll, you go, go down. No, I was just gonna say I agree with him. They has they have to have time to acclimate. 
with everyone. I, I, this is not the Lakers. I, it's LeBron James. You could put him on the worst team of basketball, and I, I wholeheartedly. Well, believe. They, they did. They were called the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And look where the Cavaliers are at now. They're one and nine. Oh, worst you're not, team you, in the NBA. You're preaching to the choir, my friend. If you want to get into the discussion about why LeBron James should have been the most the MVP the last eight years. By the way, I, I have a question. What was that post between you and Bobby? Earlier? Okay, well, Bobby, you know, Bobby, Bobby Jafferdini, our sports director here. Uh, that was interesting. Me and him like to go back and forth. Um, we, we have long, long text conversations back and forth throughout the day as well about the debate of... <laughs> humble brag. Of, of, <laughs> humble brag. He's right down the hallway. It's not, <laughs> it's not Leonardo DiCaprio, even though I think he wants to be him sometimes. Uh, we debate about the greatness of, of one MJ. I'm not talking about the one uh, who sang and did other things he that you know, might not be as glorious. Uh, and Michael Jordan... Uh, we, t- we talk about LeBron and Michael Jordan. Who's the better? Who's the goat? Uh, not gonna get into this debate right now. Yeah, we don't because we don't have time. But just just be just know that he's on the wrong side because he says Michael Jordan. Uh, so I think that the Lakers are gonna turn this thing around. I don't think they're gonna be an, a dominant regular season team. You get what I'm trying to say? I think that they're going to be a fourth or a fifth seed. But they just added Tyson Chandler. I think that's high. I think they'll be. Bottom three. You think? You Six, think so? Seven. No, I, I don't think because I think they can still make the Western Conference Finals, and I can't see them doing that if they're that low of a seed because they're gonna they need to get into that spot in the playoffs. And I know, of course, we just talked about how this is such a small sample size, but yet we're still we're already talking about playoff positioning. But they can't get too low where they're gonna meet the Warriors. Do you know what I'm trying to say? The biggest problem with the Lakers is their defense. I'm I'm looking at this right now. They give up 120 points per game to the opposition, which it, the the teams that are worse are New Orleans, Washington, and Atlanta. So you, you're not going to win games if you give up 120 points per game. So the defense has to be in a factor um, if they try to get back, and that's one thing they have to work on. And the funny thing is LeBron has always been known as this great defender. JaVale McGee, you could say, is he wasn't always this great offensive Well, over the player, first eight games, he's averaging defense. three blocks. Like, yeah, he's no, been JaVale, playing I'm well. saying, yeah, JaVale McGee's a good defensive player. You wouldn't expect them to be giving up this many points. Rondo's, it's kind of concerning. Rondo's a great defender mm-hmm. when it comes Lonzo to playoffs. Lonzo Ball can defend, so. Do we think Luke Walton is the guy? So well, we obviously we were having this conversation about a week ago, uh, Magic. About a week ago. The two, is that too old of a reference now? Yeah, you just sorry to make that. He's getting <laughs> now. He's getting out of jail soon, by the way. I mean, Don mentioned who should be the Lakers coach, Lavar Ball. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say it. So, <laughs> I mean, you're quoting him like he's a philosopher. I said one quote, and I agree with that quote. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to say. So, do you think Luke Walton's the guy? Do we think Luke Walton's you have the guy? To, you, they're definitely going to – obviously Magic already came out and said they're not going to fire him. But if it gets worse, you have to think about someone else. LeBron James is the losing. coach killer. The only person to ever survive LeBron James. Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Did you hear that joke that came out when uh, Ty Lue was fired after six games and they said in his first six games as a coach he was fired just because obviously LeBron right? was – I know, it's so funny. I thought it was hilarious. Well, I Too thought, bad for Ty Lue, though. T- talking about the idea about uh, – how the Cavaliers have decided to part ways with their head coach, which is a weird way, weird time to talk about it since their head coach left in the summer. It's <laughs> <laughs> the that, same exact joke. Yeah, I know. I was just gonna. I know, but I was, I was, re, I was rewarding. He was it. trying to jump off of it, but I was, I was trying to look at you. I was hoping you weren't listening to Dom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
I mean, I'm, I, I would trust the Lakers. I was about to say trust the process, but I don't want to be that cliche kind of a guy. But I also think the Rockets. The Rockets, four and five. Harden's coming off an injury, so I think they're going to turn things around. If you're looking at other teams in the West that are going to that are going to drastically change in terms of positioning, the Kings are I was the gonna sixth say the seed. There. I don't see them and, staying. Um, no, I, I barely see them staying in the city of Sacramento. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind sixth in the standings. So don't get I'm, me wrong. I love De'Aaron Fox, but he healed those guys, but... It's the Kings we're talking about. I'm not putting yeah, any confidence. It's like Karis LeVert putting up numbers. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the Nets, right? It's the Nets. But I, at least the Nets are improving year in and year out. You know what? And they have a draft. As someone who covers another bad New York team, I understand your optimism because you don't want to go know you're covering a losing team every single game. You look at the bright spots, but... Can, I'll give you. I'll give you this. Karis the LeVert's other, not known the other outside day the when, uh, Brooklyn. The Knicks routed the Nets in the garden. I was there for that. So I oh, wow. That's like, that's like that, that's so. like... Uh, and his canter went off, you know, 15 points. Oh, 15 we can talk about the last night's game because I stayed up. Well, I, I'm, do, I'm doing an internship over. Dom's doing yeah. it. He works at it, serious with me. The, and so I wake up at sometimes. 4 a.m. every morning to go to work, right? So when I say I stayed up to 10.30 at night, that that is a big sacrifice. It's a big sacrifice. Of course. And I stayed up to 10.30 last night watching that Knicks. And you got to watch Alonzo Trier's first start. Um, yeah, I had to. I had to, and I had the whole HDMI cord hooked up to my computer <laughs> streaming because I didn't have. Obviously, I don't buy cable because I'm a millennial. Oh, we're not even millennials, even. Cord Different cards. discussion. Gen my head's Z. all over the place tonight. Actually, that sounds like we should be getting into our Knicks discussion anyway. So let's play the sound effects. We are the New York Knicks. 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 Say go New York, go New York. Yes, yes. I, I love like I love song. how the theme song I don't like that at all of the Knicks is 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 from the same era in which the last time they were good, right? Of course you have a ninety the seventies. I don't know that's the nineties. The nineties. Hey, are we gonna say Come they were on. good? Yeah, they made it to the finals, but they didn't win anything. They were they were good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, by that reference, you can only have one good team in the NBA. By <laughs> anyway, so the Knicks, uh, they are the best team in New York City, of course. But they also this is what I, I, I being someone who's covered them. And I, I've the watched them closely, followed them closely. I'm going to say this. I think that they are a really good, bad team. How Where so? I, I would actually disagree with that. I think I think they have a lot of good pieces on this team. Oh. I just don't think they're playing well as a team. Oh, I thought you were going the other way. Wait, what What was the wording you just said? So I don't there, miss- You want to write it down? Like, like next, Right next to D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell's, Russell's name? name. Here, tell me real quick. Um, I think the New York Knicks are a really good, bad team. Really good, bad team. Yes. See, I thought you were going the way, like, they're a bad team, but they know how to lose, get a top draft pick, because they do not know how to do that. The past few years, they've actually won the last week of the season to get, like, the seventh I, no, grade. No, I was, I was ne- That's where I thought you were going. Yeah, last I didn't think you were talking about good pieces on a bad team. Last night was the they do. perfect. They have great pieces. Great last- pieces. Great. Come on. Sorry, you just, Pete. Um, you just cut off Peter. I know. So I, feel I apologize, Peter. He, he hasn't had a snack. Last night was the perfect game for a Knicks fan. Because they're in the game the whole time, yep. and then at the last second they, they lose. lose, and that's great because double you want, overtime. You want the losses for the lottery pick, but you want to be close. You want to yeah. be able to watch the game. You don't want it to be, you know, the Hawks or the Cavaliers. No, but that's where I'm going. Like the Knicks could be in the conversation as like 
getting a top draft pick, and then the final week, while the other teams are losing, they'll go on like a four-game win streak. The Knicks this like year, that. they're a Shakespearean <laughs> tragedy where like you know it's going to end poorly, but you're still entertained throughout. That's that's why I look at the Knicks. I mean, as Cannon last night, you scoff at the idea of them having good pieces, mm-hmm. but the man almost had a triple-double. What do you have, like 20-something rebounds and 22-something points? And it's oh, Cannon. he had 24 rebounds. 24 rebounds. 23 points. 23 points. I'm repeating exactly assists. what he's saying. Seven assists. Did you know that, Peter? I, I saw. <laughs> you know all that? I just knew off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Moutier, Manuel Moutier, Moutier had the most points he's ever scored as a Nick. He showed some bright Finally. spots. Uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't play. That's another thing you have to take into consideration. He didn't play. And of course, the legendary Ron Baker sat out. Coach's decision. Ron Baker. When I, mean, I went to when I went to, to the, when I went to the Knicks game, there was like two <laughs> minutes left. Everyone's chanting Ron Baker's name. It reminded me of Brian Scalabrini. It was awesome. Talk about a guy team. who missed out on being Jackie Moon. I mean, they were talking about Clay Thompson being Jackie Moon for for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's if I'm Ron Baker, I'm going Jackie Moon for like the next three. And years. And by the way, I think Ron Baker's making like nine million dollars to like sit on the bench. Oh, yeah, all NBA players make a lot. No, of no, no, but I'm just like talking specifically about specifically you know, about Ron Baker. Ron and Baker two, wrote a book, so and two million dollars of that's going a to his haircut. Book. A children. Ron Baker wrote a children's book. What Why else? Am I not what, what else would you do while sitting on the bench all that time? <laughs> yeah, he's sitting on the bench writing a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Anyways, uh, we actually the show's almost up. I wanted to get into Delonzo. Uh, we we do all the jokes, but the idea, the reason I was so impressed by his his, and this is the undrafted rookie uh, from Arizona. He was actually on the cover of of the New York Times. Was it when he was twelve years old mm-hmm. as a basketball prodigy? Had some ups and downs. He was on the Knicks. He finally got his full year NBA contract. He started for the first time. And he didn't have a single field goal until the fourth quarter, and he had seven points until that moment. And that, that's why this performance stands out to me. Because you can throw all the stats at me, and I get that. But what really seems special to me about that moment and, and is a perfect re- catalyst for why I think he's going to be a special player, not just a serviceable player, but special, is because when the fourth quarter came, when all the he pressure was up. on, he stepped up. And as I'll a rookie that. in that situation, you could easily crumble along with your team. But his numbers stepped up. He helped push them. And I think that is really hard to do in the NBA. Look, I, I, said, this, I said this in the beginning, um, our first podcast. Alonzo Trier it was, a, was a great pickup by the, Nets. He was, uh, by the Knicks. He was undrafted, obviously. He could have been if he stayed on like the right path. And I know he had some ups and downs. He could have been a top 10 pick, like some people were saying. Maybe maybe not a top. He's a little 10. smaller. That's the problem. Maybe He's not a top ten, but you definitely yeah, would have yeah, been drafted yeah. in the first round. For sure, drafted. So um, so it's a great pickup by the Knicks. I think he's a really nice player. He just has to be more consistent. He learns that over time, which is great. Do all of this now, so when the Knicks get good, you have him as a piece that can help you, especially in the fourth quarter when you're trying to win games. If you can get anything out of an undrafted guy in a two-way contract, that's a plus for an NBA team. Usually, those guys are just people who sit on the bench and collect dust. Yeah, good good point. All right, so. Uh, the New York Knicks, really good, bad team. The Nets are uh, another NBA team in New York City. The NBA is just getting started, so some teams have proven us to be who we thought they were going to be. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, I know. We're talking um, about playoffs. It's 10 games into the season. Some other teams are, are, are fakes. We, regardless, we enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm really happy the NBA is back. I'm excited to sit here and talk to you guys about it. hope to be back next week. hope you guys are with us next week, and I hope everything we just said, at least what I said, was proven to be right. Um, but until then, let's wrap things up. I'm your host, Reed Horner, Peter Hudek to my right, Dominic Capone to my left. This has been Pick and Pod. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye for now.